Welcome to the Occasional Adult Podcast, where we have candid conversations about all the challenges we face as we attempt adulthood and how we're only good at being adults occasionally. I'm your host, Tony. And I'm your host, Jamee. And being young-ish adults ourselves, we'll share experiences that you'll probably relate to and hopefully learn from. Thanks for tuning in. Now, let's get into this episode. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Occasional Adult Podcast. How are you doing today, Jamee? Just excited to be alive. Feeling blessed and highly favored. Oh, yes. Amen. (laughs) I know that's right. So before we get into today's episode, we have a little bit of news, just something slight, something slight. We are so happy with the progress that this podcast has made in the first season. We only in our first season. Can you? Oh, my gosh. And (laughs) we're really happy with how much you've all been enjoying the podcast. And there's a lot that we want to do in season two and you know all the seasons beyond we've been talking about bringing in guests and Mm -hmm. possibly doing listener letters and maybe even doing some tangible products to help you all in your adulting journeys so we've set up a listener support link through anchor for all of you to provide monthly donations to the podcast to help us sustain these future episodes The link is available in all of our episode descriptions, wherever you're listening. And it's also in our IG bio at Occasional Adult Pod. Of course, you know, don't feel pressured to donate. If you don't want to, you don't have to. But we are more than happy (laughs) to receive whatever you are willing to give. Mm -hmm. Whatever on your spirit. Listen, so all audience donations are absolutely appreciated and welcome. So we just wanted to give y'all that little bit of news. Thank you all for supporting the podcast and being avid listeners. We love our occasional adults. Now let's get into the episode. What are we talking about today, Jamee? Okay. So, you know, when you get out of, let's just say adolescence, for us, obviously it was grad, like college, right? Because that was our experience. So that's what we're going to reference today. You get out of college and then life comes and hits you with a swift gut punch Mm. instead of a sweet hello. (laughs) It hits you with that one too. (laughs) Girl, the two piece and you on the floor. (laughs) So today we're going to talk a little bit about our post-grad gut punch experiences what we were not ready for when we entered or left education or that phase of whatever pre-career is you know fill in your blank there to living on your own figuring out like what you're going to do for a living how to support yourself all of that spoiler alert the gut punches don't stop. You just Never. learn how to take. <laughs> sorry, sorry for the bad news, but you just learn how to take those gut punches a little bit better. Sometimes you learn how to block them. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, that first time you might be on the ground, but you gonna get up. It might take you a little bit to get up, but you gonna get up. And then every time after that, you'll get up a little bit faster, or maybe you won't even hit the ground. that's our goal for you today (laughs) that's actually kind of inspiring you know yeah is it we started out by saying you you're gonna continually get hit 
Like you're get, well, life is going yes. to jump you. <laughs> because life comes at you fast. It never stops coming at you fast. It's just always going to come at you. But like you were saying, you eventually learn to withstand it and you can actually mm-hmm. handle it. In but some capacity. There's, there's nothing like that first gut punch. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of that first gut punch, we realized yeah. that college again we're speaking from our experience so forgive us if you did not go to college again but the first gut punch was college cannot prepare you for everything and it did not yeah (laughs) so you just we in our experience Mm -hmm. we have learned that we did not manage some of our expectations properly Mm. because college doesn't teach Mm -hmm. you to manage all your expectations properly so that first, those first initial gut punches that I got after graduating, after getting my degrees, and once I started adulthood, <laughs> getting hit with all those bills mm-hmm. at one time. Amen. Ooh, Jesus be offense. <laughs> I wasn't ready for it. that gut punch. Child, especially like... I was on my sister's phone plan and like I was used to being on my mom's stuff too. So just <laughs> once my sister just immediately kicked me off my, off the phone plan, it's like life really just hit me. I was like, wow, I really got to pay for this shit. Mm-hmm. This was also at the same time that I bought my first car. I bought it. So I was paying the insurance. I was paying the car payment. Child, once I got to my second, no, actually, no, it didn't even get to my second paycheck. I got my first paycheck, and my sister was like, okay, time for you to get your own phone plan. (laughs) She won't play with you. (laughs) She was not playing, mind you. She also paid for my second year of grad school. Mm. But then she was also immediately, huh? I thought you had to pay that back. That wasn't like, oh, I'm paying for this. This is a gift to you. I thought that was like, I'm paying for this. Yes, that's what that's that's what I'm about to explain. Like, oh. I got to my second <laughs> paycheck, and she was like, "Okay, you have enough to start paying me back now." Oh. So the monthly payment started immediately paying her back. Who? Child, that's like that's like twenty k that I've been paying, child. <laughs> At least she but, said she was on a payment plan. <laughs> better her than Sally Mae. Hello. <laughs> Because there's no interest, or I, I'm assuming there's no interest. I hope Ebony ain't doing you like that. Nah, Ebony, Ebony loves me too too much for that. Thank God. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, sister. Thank you. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I will say when we say like college cannot prepare you for everything, I feel like college gave me a false sense of grownness because it was like mm-hmm. your first taste of freedom and you had to manage a certain amount of things on your own because like your parents weren't immediately there to give you money or pay for food or go get groceries and all of that stuff however you are not thinking about granted if you didn't take out loans or you weren't on a full ride or whatever you weren't thinking about you know shelter 
mm-hmm. you know, rent or whatever, room and board. You weren't worried about transportation because everything that you needed was on campus and they had, you know, heat buses, the public transportation, uh, the you remember the four and goes, the six and goes, and the twelve and goes. Oh yes. <laughs> now we got Uber, so it's whatever. <laughs> or the vans. <laughs> That would just take mm. you downtown to club events and stuff. <laughs> Those so, are <laughs> right. <laughs> there are just certain resources that I did not realize that I was relying on um, mm-hmm. that were going to completely be removed. Uh, <laughs> ooh, ooh, furnished apartments. That was a thing <laughs> that I was not like, Bruh. I guess, privy to. Bruh. Furniture is so expensive. It's expensive as shit. Oh my god. Oh my god. So, I mean, outside of the obvious, everyone society tells you you go get a higher education, then you get out and you go and have a degree, and then you go and automatically be making money. That's not what I'm referencing. I'm referencing that false sense of security in a sense I Mm. guess where it's like you think you're running your life and you think that you're having to manage every aspect of it but then you graduate and you realize that that was not the case yeah (laughs) man us having this conversation is also making me realize that when I had internships in college that also gave me a false sense of grownness and like (laughs) Me thinking that I was really going to have my shit together because (laughs) as an intern, the company just handled everything. Like I remember my first internship, I was working at Abbott. It was the summer after my freshman year. I was living in California. They provided the apartment. It was completely furnished. Like they, the rent was already paid for through the company. They gave us rental cars for the whole summer. Like, we had to pay for Damn. nothing except for like gas and groceries for the whole time that we were living out there. Mm. And like we were living in a space in an apartment community with the other interns as well. So it, I just thought life was going to be good once I got into the real world and had like my <laughs> real job. This is not the no. same. This is not the same. You have to it, negotiate for that. And most of the time, you're not going to get it anyway. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> They might give you those moving costs, but they're not going to manage it for you (laughs) and figure out where you're living and what that's going to look like. So, right, right. Mm. But let's get into the second gut punch up under the college cannot prepare you for everything um, gut punch, the career aspect, (laughs) like transitioning into that. (laughs) Oh, fun stuff. Fun stuff. So, for me, nothing really prepared me for the fact that I would I would be doing something that I did not spend six years preparing to do. Mm. I got my bachelor's degree in bioengineering and I also got my master's degree in bioengineering. So two degrees in bioengineering. I thought I was going to be working in the medical field, doing something medicine related, whether that was working in medical devices, working in pharmaceuticals, anything in that realm. Like I literally went into college. Well, actually I didn't go into college thinking this, but like I remember when I was younger, 
at some point having the mindset of, oh, I want to cure a disease when I grow up. So here I am now not doing anything related to that. And I'm in a completely different industry than I thought I was going to be in. I'm working in aerospace and defense. Mm. So working on ships and working with radars and a whole bunch of other stuff that I'm just sitting here wondering, how did I get here? (laughs) How did I get from point A to point B? This is not medicine. (laughs) And I know it doesn't really seem that far off because, of course, it's still engineering, but it is a pretty big difference. It's just, it's a very interesting feeling because it's hard not to feel like at least one of the degrees wasn't a waste of time. Mm. Probably learn something, something that you're using. I mean, (laughs) yeah, I learned stuff and I'm putting it to good use, but I do have many, many moments where I'm just like, I did not have to go through the dark ages that were my two years of grad school at Pitt. (laughs) Okay. And yes, I call them I the dark that. ages because they were dark. Your girl was depressed <laughs> and struggling. Go back and listen. If this is your first episode, just go back and listen. <laughs> but I completely understand where you're coming from. I had a little bit of a different experience because my reality check, gut punch, whatever was, okay, walking across the stage and then Literally leaving Greensboro's Coliseum to go back to Aggie Terrace and pack all my shit and get out. Like, we had to get out by, I think graduation, I forgot what time graduation ended, but we needed to be out by the end of the day. Like, close of business. So my entire family went from celebrating me to moving all my shit and putting it in a car so we could take it to a storage unit. And... Nobody told me. I didn't think about it. But six months prior, I probably should have been thinking about where am I going to live, securing like a lease somewhere and a job that was going to pay for that lease. Because I definitely, as you all know, walked across that stage um, without a career. (laughs) Just a $80 every two week internship, as you know. And that's why I say... My homelessness was not like as dramatic as I try to make it sound because high key, it was a level of a choice. It was some level of ignorance in there (laughs) of Mm. not knowing I should have been prepared for this. I would say another aspect of the career gut punch was that all of the experiences that I had in college that were related to my like track, the direction I wanted to go, you needed... 17 million years of experience for entry-level jobs <laughs> in that aspect. And it was just like, mm-hmm. so y'all not going to count none of this? None of it? Like, even though I've been working with these global corporations, providing strategy to this level, been working on, like, honestly, based off of your requirements, a mid-level role, but I can't get an entry-level job. <laughs> yeah. I was not Okay. So I understand everyone's struggle when it comes to that. I was so frustrated that I ended up doing a research project in grad school about it. So just in case y'all are wondering, it really has nothing to do with the actual job and the skill sets up under that. It's more so, and this is me summarizing all of the 
hiring manager slash recruiter feedback that I got is really that they don't want to handhold. They don't want to teach you the definition of professionalism and how to carry yourself in a professional space. (laughs) They want you to go learn that shit somewhere else. (laughs) And then after you got those years of experience under your belt and you know how to talk to people and you know how to manage things, all of the, the different aspects of professionalism, those soft skills, then they're like, okay, you're ready to work with us. So for that person that's discouraged, <laughs> I hope that provided maybe not encouragement, but now you understand. See, but now I have questions, right? Because oh Lord, here we go. <laughs> if that's the case, no, because if that's the case in your experience, why wouldn't all the things that you've done previously count towards that? Like that's what that's what internships are for. But they treat you different in internships. Like that still counts as quote unquote experiential learning and not, I don't know how to explain. Like, I know that not every internship is go get the coffee, but (laughs) (laughs) for example, with your internship, even the, the stuff that you just put out there, for example, they took care of certain things in some regard Mm. there was a level of thought that you didn't have to take care of and there was I would say less responsibility in an internship role because most of the time when they give internships projects they're giving you stuff that if you fuck up it's not gonna be that big of a deal (laughs) so (laughs) so then they care go ahead no no I was just gonna say like so if they give you that and they're putting you in a safe little bubble thing, how can they really say that when you get into said role, the real role, and you don't have someone to hold your hand at every step of the way, then how you going at? They don't know. Granted, they never know because I know some 50-year-olds that ain't got no act right, but I mean, so they really shouldn't even be doing that much hand-holding during an internship, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I agree. But also, for these for these entry-level positions that they don't want to do all this hand-holding for, and if they really want it to be about a person already knowing about professionalism, the way that you are, the way that you're phrasing it, it makes it seem like that also relates to the actual work that they're giving. Like, it's not just about the professionalism. They want you to already know how to do the work. Mm-hmm. So, okay, you're right. I'm missing a layer. So here's okay. another thing. <laughs> the way that they make job descriptions is when they lose someone, they just list out all of the stuff that that person used to do. So sometimes oh. that's how they create entry-level positions. And that's why they're also a little ridiculous because they might lose a mid-level or senior-level person. And then they're like, oh, that person handled all of this other stuff. Let's see, like, let's put this out here and see what we get. Sometimes they're like, okay, if we're going to bring in an entry-level person, there might be a lower expectation, but they might break those things across different I guess job functions but mainly they're just trying to see if they can get that in one person because that's one person they have to hire (laughs) and one person that they have to pay one person they have to keep track of so 
is it fair? No, but those people who go above and beyond in their jobs um, and do work outside of the, I guess, the parameters of their job description that add value, people take note of that and they make sure that when that person is gone, it shows up somewhere else in someone else. Mm, okay. So they be in cheap and it's false advertising. Yeah. <laughs> level positions to positions that should have never been entry level in the first place. And because they were overworking a previous person, they thinking they can do it again to a sucker. Yeah. Cause you just starting out. <laughs> That's a damn shame. Look, man, I'm just telling you that I, I only researched a small pool of people. If you are a managing man, what is it? Hiring manager or recruiter and you disagree, drop, (laughs) drop a comment on our social, you know, give us some more insight on that. But I'm just telling you the findings that I have. And I also, the experience that I have had behind the scenes. Yeah. But we can unpack that in a different episode and we can get into all of that minutia if you want some more tips of how to get around those things um but let's get into this next uh, gut punch here okay so i i deep side because i feel like i still struggle with this this is why i say you got to continue to roll with the gut punches but financial stability is not immediate And it's also not linear. (laughs) So Yeah, 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 pretty much. Because the linear path that they put in your mind, the ideal path that they make you think is going to be is you get your degree. Again, speaking from our experience, we went to college, so we talk about our degrees. You get your degree. You get your job. You start making money. You now have success. That's Mm-mm. not the way this shit goes. Mm-mm, not even a little bit. <laughs> I mean, that might be the process, but they try to make it sound like, boom, right out of school. That's what's going to be handed to you. And it is not. <laughs> and even if it is, and that's how your experience went, congratulations. However... You have to pay bills and shit happens. Tires pop, uh, leaks happen. Um, (laughs) I don't know, whatever things you're interested in, you might not be able to go to every single party now because you have to, you know, make sure that you eat. So all of that is not a given. And then two, job security is important and is a thing. But no matter what job you're in, I guess because of the experience that I've been through, I'm a little jaded, but I don't think any job is guaranteed ever. So you might be making a decent amount of money right now. (laughs) Yeah. But there's layoffs. You could get fired there. You could just want to quit one day. You have no idea. The bank, the place might just go bankrupt you have no idea when somebody is in charge of your finances that is not you or in charge of your income i would say you you're vulnerable i hate to tell you yeah. but you're vulnerable 
Yeah. I think a lot of people really got to know what that looks like and experience that during the pandemic when COVID mm-hmm. first started. People were losing their jobs any and everywhere, no matter what the industry was. Mm-hmm. Because like these companies, these corporations, these different types of jobs, they couldn't sustain this quote unquote new normal. Mm-hmm. And just like the general impact that the pandemic had on the economy and these different types of jobs. So you just you just got to always be prepared if you can find a way to be prepared for stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Also, stuff like that is why it's important to save and to make saving mm-hmm. a priority. I did Say it not... again for the people in the back. <laughs> Save, guys. <laughs> <laughs> huh, I did not make saving a priority when I first started my career, and I really wish I had. Like, I was always good with budgeting, and I was good with money and everything, but I was just out here living life. I moved to Phoenix. I was in a new city, new friends, whole new experiences. I was like coming off of my depression. I was like, okay, I'm about to just be out here living my best life, doing what I want to do. But not, I was not focused on building what I needed to build. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking back on it now. I'm like, I could have used a little bit more of my savings to do some things I want to do now. Hello. Or just learn about the different ways to save. And let's clarify, we're not talking about saving for a thing or saving for an event or whatever you thinking we're talking about. We're oh, talking no, no, about no. consistently saving and putting money up because you just don't know what the hell going to happen to you. <laughs> right. Like saving for specific things. I was already capable of that. And I did that, you know. Once I started making money, when I first started my career and stuff like that, but making the effort and like having the the discipline mm-hmm. to actually build like a rainy day fund, to having the foresight to like start saving for a house, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. The girl wasn't focused on it. Ow. And I don't think most people are. Um, y'all are gonna have to fact check me because I cannot remember the number but my financial advisor said like the national average of how much money people have in their bank account is definitely less than 500 i just don't know if it was 200 or 25 dollars yeah is that <laughs> like, checking or savings? saving like saving money in a bank account put away like <laughs> oh <laughs> where you're not spending it yeah, so she made me feel really good about myself and where I'm at, but <laughs> yeah. I encourage you all that if you you need to have multiple savings <laughs> accounts and multiple mm-hmm. ways that you are saving, just put it away somewhere. And we'll get into some more suggestions at the end of the episode, but yeah. oh, I'm, I'm just so stressed. Many, <laughs> I'm trying to think about how many savings accounts that I have now. Because I started off with one <laughs> when I first started my career. Yeah. I, got like, I got like four right now. Yeah. Yeah. So. I think I had two money markets, two savings accounts. 
like an HSA or whatever. But and then you have like oh, your four hundred one k, your four hundred one k, all of like the then the insurance side of things as well. So there's several ways that you guys can invest and save. Please be doing that because like I'm getting anxiety thinking about every time I made a large purchase for myself, something went left. Like bought my first car, lost my job like the next week or two. And now I had a new car payment and no way to like they say put up what, like six months of your income, three to six months to a year if you can of your income so if something happens yeah. you'll be okay you should do at least six months yeah i did not i had um, maybe three months saved up mm-hmm. without including the car payment <laughs> and i had they convinced me in spending an extra two grand put down on the car so that I could lower my payment or whatever. So that was money that I was not expecting. I was like, oh, I'll be all right. I'm going to get this. I'm going to replace it when I get paid again. No, no, (laughs) that is not what happened. (laughs) So things like that, um, again, your car can break down at any given point or you take it to the shop and there's an unexpected cost there groceries fluctuate like the price of groceries fluctuate so just be prepared i was gonna get morbid but like people pass away so sometimes you have to travel for stuff that you weren't expecting to have to travel for so you just you just don't know what can happen and you don't want that to be an added level of stress right again the theme of the episode is life comes at you fast oh (laughs) you gotta be hard fast and hard There's a joke there, but I'm a little bit. Nope, never mind. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> Ooh, okay, let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. So, um, again, going back to talking about careers and stuff like that, another gut punch that you don't really get prepared for is figuring out who you are outside of your career. Like, there are lots of people that have their whole identity and their definition of success tied to their job and their career. Don't do this. <laughs> so let me tell you why I'm bothered. <laughs> oh Lord. Because y'all, listen, Tony has said this and I had to channel my my MEPS go back to episode two, if you if yeah. you don't know what that is. But something in my spirit was just like, uh uh-uh, that don't sit right with me. Why am I offended? So I had to check out my E, my emotions, a little bit of my physical (laughs) and my mental to figure out that the reason it bothered me is because I realized recently that is me. Oh, my God. I was sitting in a couples therapy session or whatever we're working on the whole marriage counseling process um or preparation thing and we were talking about short-term and long-term goals and literally i could high level talk about what i wanted my couple goals to be and like where i see us going and collaborating and what that partnership turns into but when she was talking about short-term goals all i could the only goals that I really listed were career related. And I was just like, mm-hmm. oh, 
Mm. Oh, <laughs> like literally everything that I want to do, the things that I think are fun, the reasons I want to travel or whatever, all come back to career mm-hmm. in some for yeah, yeah facet. And I've shaped my personal brand around my career as well. So I don't have any advice um, <laughs> on this one. We're going to have to lean on Tony. That's that's a long-winded way of saying that. <laughs> Not you just throwing it on me like that. <laughs> I don't have a life. <laughs> Apparently you do. Teach me. I do. I be telling people all the time I don't have a life either I don't know why y'all think I have a life I just be existing Whatever you be traveling the world Going to see different things Going to music festivals just cause that's what you want to do Not because it's good for your career Branding or whatever I mean I don't know I think everything goes back To me getting burnout (laughs) Oh yeah yeah, that happens frequently, but here I am. <laughs> yeah, and I think, I don't remember what episode we were talking about this on, but I realized you could experience burnout or the effects of burnout and all that for years after the fact. So for me, again, y'all know how I feel about grad school and that shit that it put me through. Mm. That was my burnout, like... Especially because that's how I define success, right? Like how well I performed in school, within my degree programs, my ability to get internships and stuff like that. Like all of that was a part of my definition of success. And I just, it just became too much. Mm. I overworked myself to the, just to my breaking point. And I got to this level of burnout where I'm just like, forget this job. (laughs) Forget all of it. Forget all of y'all. Nothing. (laughs) Granted, like, of course, I still care about my job and I care about my career and like things I actually want to do and everything. But I'm at the point now where it's like, if it's not actually bringing me joy or if I'm not enjoying what I'm doing, then I'm, I'm, I'm okay leave it and go into the next thing and figure it out what it is I'm actually supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, And to provide some grace, I guess, for myself and anybody that relates to me, just like realize, again, going back to college cannot prepare you for everything. We have been in this premise of being prepared to become an adult by education, by being told that you become a functioning citizen by getting a job and making money and being successful in your career. Not, there's not a lot, well, I don't know about y'all educational experience, but there was not a lot of make sure you're doing things that you love. Like if you like to dance, make sure you're factoring in dancing. If you like to do yoga or travel, make sure you're factoring in pleasure. It was like, we're here to teach you how to work for someone else. And once you get out of here, you will know how to work for another person. And day in and day out, that is what you will do for the rest of your life. And your whole identity is built around that. Like it will give you the other things that you want to do, but it should be the main priority 
And if you prioritize any level of happiness or pleasure, it could distract you <laughs> from yeah. being that functional quote unquote citizen. Um, yeah. So all of that to say, I think obviously that mindset has changed with the pandemic and work-life balance has become, you know, very prominent in a lot of workspaces and with what they're calling the great resignation. Um, a lot of Absolutely. companies have been forced to accommodate or make accommodations to make work more realistic, I guess. Like this whole workhorse narrative is dying or died. Now, I will say that trends show that it's going to start going back to employer-focused instead of employee focused so mm -hmm. get all your negotiation out while you can <laughs> but um just the whole work-life balance I wish that that was something I would have realized because then I might have missed that gut punch of being consistently burnt out and feeling like my worth and my value is tied to what I can put in how many hours I can put in at a job yeah. I think the same way we were talking about how you have to prioritize saving, you have to prioritize mm -hmm. having a hobby. Mm -hmm. Or yourself, just period. Self-care, whatever. That. <laughs> well, yes, anything that involves you taking care of yourself. A hobby mm -hmm. is part of that. I think Fair. most of us, well, yeah, I think most of us are realizing as adults the importance of hobbies because- Again, you got to understand what your identity is outside of your career, outside of your job. Because after mm -hmm. five o'clock, what the hell are you doing? How are you yeah. being fulfilled? What do you enjoy? What what does life look like for you? Mm -hmm. What is Jamee outside of her job? Because that is only a very small part of your existence. Right. But then the other side is quirk. So then more work. <laughs> And then outside of that, this podcast, which still requires a level of work, but is pleasurable. So I need to find something where I'm shutting my brain off and not mm -hmm. thinking. So <laughs> I feel that. I feel that. Honestly, I'm still trying to figure out some of that stuff for myself. But this podcast is one of them. Like, yes, there is work and effort that goes into it, but I don't see it as work. I see this as a thing that I enjoy. And mm -hmm. I'm getting to provide something that helps other people, which also brings me joy. Likewise, that's how I feel about Quirk and this podcast. I don't want y'all to feel like y'all burden on me or whatever. It's not that I just overanalyze and overthink everything. Um, you can ask Tony the my like this level of detail that I get <laughs> when it comes to like these social posts or whatever it's a little od um but that's because that's literally what I do for a living marketing branding so on and so forth so try to find even if you do enjoy your job try to find hobbies or activities that are completely unrelated <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> to what you do for a living because I will say at one point it's not bad to befriend your coworkers, but when you leave a job 
and then you go hang out with your coworkers and they might chill or whatever, but you just continue to talk about work. That's not good. Oh yeah, I don't I don't believe in hanging out. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> with coworkers. <laughs> like people that you like on your team, people that you see on a day-to-day basis. Nah, bro. But what? I'm <laughs> boundaries. I mean, I have We cool been... at work, but outside of work, <laughs> nah. Maybe a happy no. hour, maybe a work after work happy yes. hour or something, but stuff like that. Mm-mm. Okay, well But you talk about having that. entire friendships and relationships with your coworkers beyond coworker. Like you're close friends with these people that you yes. work with and y'all always talking about work outside of work. No. Well, we've no. evolved. Okay, that was more so when I worked at the credit union. I will say that. However, we have evolved past that point, especially now that I don't work at the credit union anymore. And like I've seen their families evolve and like being a part of that, you know. So now we have things to talk about outside of that work environment. Okay. And then the coworkers that I have now, they're cool or whatever. And they actually have started to get me into different activities like gymnastics. Like my coworker is a gymnastics coach. And then she's friends with someone that's a yoga instructor. And my other coworker is a yoga instructor. So like I'll be going to their, their classes and stuff. we be hanging out. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, I, that's fair. That's fair. I guess that's fair. That makes more sense. Yeah, my standpoint is just like, if my relationship with you is based solely on work, if that is my only proximity to you, our job, then that relationship needs to stay within that job. She said, if y'all. So if it goes beyond that, that's cool. But that means that we talk about stuff and our relationship has evolved beyond just work. Okay. But if that's not the case, after five o'clock, don't talk to me. (laughs) Wow. Wow. This is billable. These are billable hours. (laughs) Uh, Pretty much. I need overtime. (laughs) Okay. So we just walked through all of our gut punches and all of the lessons that we've kind of learned from them, what we wish we would have known. Let's give y'all a little advice on how to adult through or ultimately how to take this punch. (laughs) So starting with how to pivot when what you Mm -hmm. want to do does not actually match the career that you prepare for. So the shit Mm -hmm. that I was talking about earlier, the -hmm. engineering shit that I'm currently doing is not the engineering shit that I thought I was going to (laughs) do. So what advice Uh, do you have today? Well, I can definitely relate to this because if you know me, then you know that my number one analogy when it comes to my work experience is that it's a a box of chocolates. (laughs) I have bounced around from ad agencies to higher education, to hospitality, to marketing, agency, freelancing, you name it. I've probably done it in some level of capacity. So... (laughs) It is okay when your, um, I guess, degree or your education does not align to your career path because chances are there's some level 
of skills that you learned that are transferable to what you want to do. So all that to say, I would say audit your skill set and where you want to go and start aligning like what you do have versus those gaps. Once you figure out what those gaps are, then I would seek mentorship from folks who have that role. So once I finally figured out, for example, like my whole career was creative design, graphic design, all of that stuff. But I really liked the process side of it. And when I recognized that it was strategy that I was enthralled with, I started to check out all of the skill sets and check all of those boxes of the stuff that I already had. And the stuff that I didn't, I went and started making friends, mentors, whatever with strategists so that they could give me mm-hmm. their knowledge on that. And not all of them were people that I knew. So again, if you know me and you've been listening, you know I'm the queen of colds calling on LinkedIn. I will reach out to people <laughs> and tell them, hey, looked at your profile, noticed you had XYZ experience, seemed to be aligned on this. If you have 15 minutes for a virtual coffee, since you know that's the whole rage with the hybrid experiences now, would love to pick your brain on you know, how you got into this role and what you need to be successful. Boom. <laughs> That's good grocery right there. You know, I be trying. Look, I've been unemployed so many times. You, oh lord, <laughs> you gotta work the system. You gotta figure out how to work the system. Yeah, I know that. I've been trying to figure out what the hell I want to do for what six years, seven years now. It's not. Yeah. If you have questions, y'all, let me know. Okay, Tony, you have anything, any advice that you've been doing? Yeah. So, um. Even though this isn't what I thought I was going to be doing uh, back in like 2017, however many years ago, I actually do enjoy what I am doing, what I've been doing since I've started in my career. But I've had moments where I do start to feel stagnant and I'm kind of getting Mm. to that place now. So you really just have to see what you can take from your current job the skills that you can learn and how to apply that to the next thing that you want to do, whether that's just a new company, a new job, or like new industry, whatever it is, whatever you want your next step to be, you have to take full advantage of the place that you're in now. Mm -hmm. Amen. Just don't, there's a use for everything. There's something to be learned in whatever you're doing. So For example, I think I mentioned this in a previous episode, but my the work that I did while I was doing research in grad school that helped me get to the job that I currently have. Like I was doing research in the orthopedic robotics laboratory doing (laughs) electromagnetic tracking on knee joints and shit like that. Somehow that helped me get the job that I have. Now, don't ask me to. (laughs) Not the laser specifically. (laughs) I was like, okay, how'd that correlate? But you figured it out. (laughs) Yeah, not not the lasers, child. But um, I got hired to this systems engineering position because of like line of sight shit and more things related to tracking. 
So don't ask me to explain it because I don't even remember a lot of stuff that I did in grad school, child. You blocked it from your memory. (laughs) Talk about trauma. No. Okay. Listen, my therapist told me that I did that. I didn't realize that was like, oh, my God. (laughs) Then my therapist explained that that's what's happening. And I was like, oh, that that explains the gaps. Tony Okay. Let's not you say my full government what? name, child. Yo, what is wrong with you? We're gonna unpack that in it. What you mean? Episode. What's wrong with me, girl? I was depressed. <laughs> That's what's wrong with me. Fair, fair. Because now I'm thinking back to undergrad where I couldn't tell the difference between what happened in a dream and what happened in reality. So, okay, <laughs> touche. Oh my gosh. Anyway, so yeah, so there's that. And like right now, I'm in a place where I'm trying to figure out okay, what can I, what skills can I take from what I'm doing now? How can I take systems engineering and apply it to project or program management? Because at this point in time, I'm currently thinking that the next step I want to take is in the realm of project or program management. And also talk to your manager, your higher ups or whatever, and see if there's different things that they can help you do to get sh- to help you get to the next place that you want to be. Right. So express the next things that I want to do to my boss, to my manager. And I've been like, okay, so are there different projects that you can put me on to get me to this point to help me develop these skill sets? Are there trainings that I can take, certifications that the company mm-hmm. will pay for? Stuff like that. So have an open line of communication with your boss or make an effort to do so. I know like everybody yes. don't have the healthiest relationship within their company, <laughs> with their managers and shit like that. But try if you can. Mm-hmm. And or if not with your can. boss, then maybe, huh? Oh, that's what, basically the direction you're going. I said, find someone that can if it's not your boss. Right. Like maybe a mentor <laughs> even going outside the company, like Jamae was saying, reaching out on LinkedIn to other people, seeing they can give you advice to help you get on the path that you need to be to get to where you want to go. Because those ultimately result in opportunities. So <laughs> yeah. it all works itself out. I think that you hit on like a lot of good points there. And the only thing that I would add to that is by you doing those things, you're building your resume. So it's showing that number one, you can take initiative to people like in your current role, if you don't want to go to a different job or whatever, it's showing that you can step up and take on more responsibilities. Honestly, people forget this after the interview, but your job, career, whatever is supposed to be a two-way street. Like you go in interviewing them and they are interviewing you as well. And that relationship should stay equal and balanced after you get the job. So it's not, okay, you're here now, you're our slave. No, they need to be helping you grow as a professional as well. Cause not only is it good for their company, it's also good for your growth. So I'm not saying walk in (laughs) on Monday, slam your foot down and be like, you guys need to, Yeah, there's a way to approach stuff. But just think about that. Um, If you're not able to transition roles right now, 
And I think that you gave a lot of good advice to staying in. But I'm always an advocate of leaving. <laughs> so if you need oh, yeah. to bounce, Absolutely. like, I will say that I have, like, that whole loyalty that is uncommon for millennials to have in jobs. I will stay there as long as I feel like I'm making an impact or have a purpose or level of value to someone um, and have to be forcibly removed most cases. <laughs> but it's way easier to find a job and negotiate good things if you have a job. Okay. So <laughs> like figure out what those skills and that alignment is um, and the gaps that you have so that you know what to look for in your new job and it'll help you build your resume. So if you know that for me, for example, going from the freaking credit union to a marketing agency, <laughs> how can I leverage that experience and that skill set? How do I frame that up on a resume so that a marketing job can see the initiatives that I put forth at the credit union that are related to marketing? Yeah. So stuff like that. But I digress because, again, I've been employed unemployed so many times <laughs> <laughs> you just kind of learn what to do <laughs> yeah no you definitely made some good points I have one more little nugget on this topic because you talking about it made me think of this mm-hmm. because again it's really hard to try to figure out when you should leave a job sometimes mm-hmm. so my mindset has been if there's nothing else If I don't feel like there's anything else for me to learn at my current job, current position, or if I'm no longer feeling any type of challenge, then Mm. it's probably time for me to go. Mm. Apply that to your friend groups as well. Oh, child. (laughs) That's a different gut punch, but. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So also let's try to give some quick advice on saving money since we talk so oh, much yeah, about the gump punch of <laughs> woo <laughs> of money and bills and not saving money and just so y'all know in our next season and future episodes we will be doing a lot more content when it comes to finances and a lot more episodes you know just focusing in on that topic so we'll just try to give y'all some high level advice for now but Mm-hmm. Just know it's gonna come. Gonna You're gonna really get into the nitty gritty when it comes to finances in season two. Okay. Mm-hmm. I really. Had so, what to advice like do you have? Literally list out a small list so that I didn't go crazy. So <laughs> I'm gonna try and keep it to three things. So number one, get you a financial advisor. Um, I want to say they're for the free. They're technically not for the free because they're taking a percentage of whatever investments or whatever you're doing, but it's such a small percentage that you're not going to notice anyway. So get you a financial advisor. If you need the name of mine for all my Aggies, she's an Aggie and she's amazing. Her name is Miss Cynthia. I think her last name is Revis, but I can drop that information somewhere if anyone's interested in it. Um, She's a sweetheart and Anytime I have a question about my finances and just want to weigh the pros and cons of a financial decision, she's there to provide a level of support. And I know that she has my best interest at heart rather than some of these other financial institutions, financial institutions who are just trying to get your money. 
Um, number two, in multiple streams of income and preferably passive. So anything like if you did not know that insurance was an investment tool, I encourage you to learn more about that. Um, 401k, stocks, all, all of those things. Learn, educate yourself around that. Get your um, financial stability up. And then my last point is going to be find creative ways to trick yourself into saving. <laughs> so, for example, um, I have my job, you know, when they can split your paycheck up different ways. And if your job doesn't do this, your bank usually has like automatic transfers and stuff so that you can set up. I have a third of my paycheck go into account that I cannot see or cannot touch or like don't really actively frequent. So that's one way to save. Um, Smaller ways to save are like if you are a cash person using your card or if you're a card person using cash because for me like I could swipe all day but when I have to take a 20 and it starts breaking down into fives and tens and ones I get sad (laughs) and then um I learned this from my members when I worked at the credit union but if you have something that you will hold on to do that I know for a fact that I'm not going to walk into a fast food restaurant and hand them a roll of quarters to pay for my meal. So I started to get like rolls of quarters or just rolls of coin and putting them somewhere. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So like some of my members would, if they got a $5 bill, like they have to hold on to that. They could spend all other cash, but they would have to hold on to that. I encourage you all to do this but um it's probably better to put something in an account because interest interest bearing accounts add up all right i'm gonna hold i'm gonna stop now because i could keep going (laughs) yeah that was like six different things it was it was three points with six different examples up under each (laughs) girl you had you had one, two, three, and then like three A, three B, three C. So look, <laughs> I stopped. <laughs> no, you're fine. I'm sure to help somebody. Okay. Um, let me see. I guess like this is a very common saving slash budgeting tip or whatever. But obviously, pay yourself first. So mm. if you have. <laughs> Especially if you get paid through direct direct deposit, um, have it set up so that, I mean, you were also saying this too, but have it set up so that a portion of your paycheck is automatically going into your savings. Because that's what I do with all, all my accounts, my savings accounts and my high yields accounts and all that stuff. Like there's my checking account, but I also already have a certain percentage going to each of my savings accounts. And I determine mm-hmm. how much I want to go into each of these accounts based off of how I am designating these accounts. Like one of them I have just for travel. One of them I have for my rainy day fund. One of my one of them I have for like long-term savings and stuff like that. So just be mindful of that. And also take use of 
all the apps that are out there, like the mm-hmm. budgeting apps. Mint is my personal favorite because you can pretty much outline your entire budget in that app. Like mm. your budget for the month, all of your bills, if there are goals that you want to aim for, like if you're saving for a trip or if you want to pay off credit card debt and things like that, you can do all of that within the app. So Okay. That's my that's my quick little advice. Yes. You better learn me something today. Yes, girl. Yes. So (laughs) I hope you all enjoyed everything that we talked about today. So let's go ahead and get into the cheat codes. So what Mm -hmm. cheat code do you have for us, Jamee? Okay. How you can prevent and or take a gut punch better. (laughs) My cheat code for that is understanding that there's no such thing as wasted work. And what I mean by that is you'll have several different experiences. I know primarily mine was about career. Um, And Tony, you kind of mentioned this as well. But going into one unrelated field to another unrelated field to another unrelated field, you have to take a step back and recognize all of the transferable skills that you're learning and how you're growing as a person. So there's no wasted experience that you went through. Some form in some fashion, you learned something that was applicable to your next step. All right, since I was long-winded on the the saving, I'll stop there. (laughs) (laughs) I just want y'all to save. Okay. Being poor is not fun. She just she just wants all of you to learn from her mistakes. From oh my our gosh. mistakes. Because <laughs> we have all made these mistakes, child. Um like, let's see. Let's see. Ooh, breaking four meals, one meal into four. Okay. I'm traumatized and I am triggered. And okay. I'm calm. Let down. me let me hurry what up because you may starting to get real, real riled up. Um so this is a gut punch that we didn't talk about as much, but we will definitely talk about it in future episodes. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you realize that what you're doing in your career is not what you want to do at all. Like, it's just not your passion. It's not the purpose that mm-hmm. you have set for your life or that not the purpose that you think you should have. So it takes time to figure out what that actually is. It takes time to figure out your passion and mm-hmm. your actual career needs or wants. And that's normal. You're not going to get it on the first try. You're not going to get it within the first job. Some of y'all might and bless you. Kudos. Congratulations. <laughs> but most of the time that does not happen. And there's no timeline for when that will happen. Amen. Okay. It takes time and that is completely normal. That felt good to hear. I wish I heard that like six years ago. Because I was feeling like a complete failure. <laughs> like Girl, I just feel like, I just want to do the thing that I learned how to do in school. <laughs> I thought, but that wasn't the case. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord of mercy, child. Okay. Well, thank you all for tuning in. I hope you all enjoyed this episode. 
Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Occasional Adult Pod, and you can listen to all of our episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor. Any last words? Yeah, I'm just going to bring up the supporter link. Um, help me pay for therapy. That will give you all better and more free <laughs> advice. <laughs> <laughs> so that you don't have to pay for therapy. <laughs> I'm, I'm closing my laptop. <laughs> I've got to go. Bye. Bye, y'all.